Hello, and welcome back to A Closer Look, the Harvard Art Museum's podcast. All season long, you've heard Michael and I interview our colleagues about their jobs and how they got them. Today, you'll hear us interview each other. This episode will be our last before taking a summer break. We've had a great time making this season, and we hope you've enjoyed listening. Yeah, so let's start by talking about what making this podcast has been like for us. Michael, what has been your favorite aspect of doing these podcast interviews with our coworkers? I think the most interesting and exciting thing for me that I learned is how similar many of us are are in the sense of what are the things we bring to our work uh, at a museum that we all have to call on to get work done. Things like flexibility, things like teamwork, things like listening. Those, I feel like across the board, all of the people I spoke with, and I spoke with a designer and security folks and collections folks, everybody seemed to engage in certain skills that they needed to get their work done. And also the other thing is just how much people love the museums and love working here and, and, and our colleagues. And what about for you? What are some of the, the things that you learned, some of the things that were maybe surprising? What was your experience? I really like hearing about people's paths. They're sometimes very winding paths. I, I particularly enjoy hearing stories from people who, who kind of surprise me that we work with so many people who it seems like, you know, they've been at the museums forever or they've been in the museum world forever you know, they're at the top of their fields. And it's kind of a delight, I guess, to hear that, you know, they weren't sure what they wanted to do, or they didn't get that fellowship they wanted, or, you know, they started from a place of wanting to do something completely different. I think it's it's kind of comforting and reassuring to know that people who you really look up to career-wise didn't necessarily know exactly what they wanted or how to get there but they figured it out. I think that's inspiring. And also how open they were and hopeful they were that people who listen to this podcast and were hoping to get into museum work would contact them, right? I mean, they weren't just saying like, oh yeah, I'm here. Uh, You can send me an email. They were saying, no, I, I want people looking to get into the museum field to get in touch with me because I think I can help. It's nice to hear that, you know, these people in kind of glamorous positions or very high up positions really, you know, they want that call. Absolutely. That's been my experience. I've seen this staff and people in museums in general, they love to talk about their work. It is a kind of a small world, you know, the museum world really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, people are very, very willing to share. I really loved how all of our interviews in some way contributed to helping the museum world feel a little bit more open. A little bit more demystified. What these folks, folks that we work with do, some of them or many of them, is so very specialized and very particular and almost could be very intimidating. My goodness, they they conserve that beautiful work of art, or they take this incredibly heavily, heavy uh, sculpture and they find an ingenious way to install it in a gallery. But in addition to that, you have a real sense of what they bring personally to what they do that can be relatable to anybody in any walk of life or anybody in any profession. So in a way, you got to see the amazing work that's done, but also the, the sense that you could see, say to yourself, well, I could see how I could do that uh, because there's a sort of a demystification that happened. 
it is nice to know that, you know, even though there are many people who work for the Harvard Art Museums who have aimed to work for a museum since they were in high school, there are also people who came from different fields and who found museum work in a roundabout way. Absolutely. I mean, we have finance people, we have human resources people, we have um, administrative people, we have all communications people, we have all kinds of people who, you know, maybe they they have interest in art, certainly, Uh, we all share that. But yeah, they found their way to the museums and they found their place in the museum. How do you feel about me interviewing you? (laughs) You, you, If you want to to start that way, that's fine. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Michael. Yeah. So just to get it down, uh, can you tell me your name and position? I'm Michael Rika, and I work in the director's office, and I'm the administrative coordinator in the for the deputy director and chief curator. And how long have you worked at the Harvard Art Museums? Oh, Lord, I'll be giving away my age. Um, <laughs> I won't tell you how long I've been at Harvard. I've worked at the museums for 11 years. I've been at Harvard for twice that long. I've been at Harvard for around 20 years without getting more without getting very specific (laughs) (laughs) you can be fuzzy about the dates (laughs) where are you from i don't know the answer to this question i'm originally from right here in boston um, born and bred i have lived most of my life here but i lived for about five years in new york because my background is in theater and music always huge interest in the arts and particularly in theater and music and i still a performer and particularly as a singer. Uh, So I moved to New York after college, which was at Emerson College, and I studied theater acting and moved to New York to study at a studio and continue studying voice. And I, for a few years, was part of an acting company in New York. And um, I got to a point where I realized that wasn't, I didn't want that to be the sole focus of my life. I was ambitious, but not enough and decided to come back to Boston and see what I could do here in the arts, but also realizing I needed to to make a a living and ended up getting a job at Harvard in human resources in the benefits office. Was it a tough transition to work at Harvard? It was. Well, yes and no. I think I sort of kicked around and tempted a little bit when I came back and just trying to figure out what I was going to do. Once I landed at Harvard, uh, there was a great amount of security that came from that. There were lots of people around me, and it's still the case even at the museums, who were uh, actors and writers and singers and artists. And so it afforded a certain security, a certain interesting place to be, and also some opportunity for growth. So I I was actually able, once I came back here, to come back and get back involved in, in, in acting. And then as part of a jazz vocal group and starting a small theater company and then working as a, a singer, a professional singer. So it's afforded me that, um, but also very interesting, a unique uh, work experience. When did you get your position at the Harvard Art Museums? And or rather, were you looking for a new job and came across it? Were you actively looking to start working at the museums? How did that happen? So I was a little bit of both. I was at a certain point during my time at uh, Harvard. I, I, I went from benefits. I worked in, <clears throat> in communications for human resources. And uh, I worked on employee recognition events, and I done the uh, website, and and also uh, in uh, other projects. 
for that department. And I had made a shift also to, a, I worked for a period of time at the, at the edu- at School of Ed yeah. uh, in a different position. So I had some experience in central administration, some experience at a school. At that point, I decided I was going to grad school, which the university helped to facilitate financially, thankfully. And I went to BU and did a master's program in arts administration. So turning to the museum was useful in a couple of ways. It allowed me to sort of make that shift, but also the work I was doing in my program was directly related to the work I was doing during the day. And it kind of dovetailed really nicely. And then once once I came to the museums, and it was a really exciting time because the museum was being renovated and expanded. We had closed to the public in all intents and purposes. And that project was going on. It was, it was a very exciting time for the museum. And it was a good, just a good sort of a good time to be here and came here and I felt a, a sense of belonging and a sense of connection and really a sense of excitement around the mission. And so it has felt like a home for me now since that time. Have you had the same position at the Harvard Art Museums? Since you started? I have. I have on paper had the same right. The well, same position. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's, there's quite an enormous difference between on paper and in real life. Yes, I have. I've remained in my position in the director's office, but things have changed. It's changed over the years. Dramatically, I'm sure. It continues to change. I mean, an example of that is during the the pandemic and during the time from working from home. And this is one of the things that I've liked about my position. Things will fall to me to work on projects, to coordinate or to manage. And what I've been doing in this last year, which was a, a nice opportunity, is to coordinate and facilitate a a talk series for the staff, by the staff, for the staff, which we've kind of done mostly on a weekly basis for a year. So we've had almost about 50 of these talks. And it's been fascinating because it's been a community building opportunity. But much like these interviews that we've been doing, it's been a real opportunity to sort of get to know more about and see the work that our staff have been doing, curatorial conservation, administrative, all kinds of staff with these talks. So that's just one example of many, as to say that the the job that I have is very fluid, (laughs) we'll say. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, that's amazing. These, These online events that you're talking about have been kind of the major point of contact between colleagues while we've been closed. My job really is designed to support the work of not only the deputy director and the chief curator, but that department and actually the organization as a whole. So it does make for a surprising, fluid kind of day. But I will say, in addition to that, there are sort of things that live in with my position and in our office that are consistent. So I would say I have both of those things. I essentially am responsible for the contract management for the museums. So, you know, that is something that's continual and very, very specific. I've worked a lot with the chief curator, with our fellows. When I say fellows, I mean, they're not postdoc fellows, but they're like postdoc fellows. We have a group of them, a cadre of excellent folks in curatorial and conservation and um, academic and public programs. So I help facilitate those activities and that group. One of the things I also am is a sort of a a conduit for relationships with uh, parts of the university, like the 
summer school and registrar's office and okay. also with external professional organizations, things like that. So there are pieces of my job that remain and have been consistent. And there are things that come and go based upon the needs of the organization. So yeah. Do you think that your arts administration degree prepared you for your current job? Or would you say that you like had to get you had to go to grad school to get a job like yours? And then you really learned on the job? The mix of all of that. I, I don't think I would have had to have gone to grad school to get the job that I have, it might have helped or may help, but I will say that the work that I did do in grad school was hugely helpful, all-encompassing in that you learned a lot about uh, legal issues in, in arts organizations, which was very is very helpful to me in my current job. You learned about development and institutional advancement, which is a big piece of the of the program. Yeah, you learned about, you know, arts programming and museums. And so in the language, it helps you with sort of the language of things, there were finance classes you, t- you take. In all of those ways, what I learned in that program helps me on most days in my current job. But I also will say that it's important in our organization and any organization, really, in museums to learn about how the organization functions, who is there and how they work and function. And so that you only learn by being on the job. That is really nice to hear, though, because I feel like that's kind of the ideal, that your schooling plays an important role in your career and really informs your work, but that you're constantly learning and adapting on the job. Absolutely, because as other people have said in these interviews, you're primarily dealing with people the relationships that you build and the trust that you build and the collegiality that you build, that's how we get our work done, really. It's its collective. One of the things that's a highlight for me, but it continues to happen, is to sort of hear about some of the work that people are doing. The amazing work. We had a, at one of our all staffs, we had a great presentation from some folks talking about how we worked with class with classes during this pandemic time in, uh, in the past semester. And just hearing about the amazing work that people do and feeling excited to be part of that mm-hmm. and, and excited that for your colleagues. And so that's also a, a continual pleasure. Yeah. Do you have any favorite works of art at the museums? I knew you were going to ask this question and, and I, I feel yeah. like I should be better prepared for it. I mean, there are, everybody loves the Beckman portrait certainly very iconic i love i love the dutch gallery on the second floor mm-hmm. when i walk in there there's something that happens to me uh, i love the renaissance gallery I, I i also like the the hunger march mural which is the, in the social realism gallery there's yeah. something about that that stirs me what would you say is a particularly challenging part of your job there's a certain amount of sort of flexibility that you have to have and being sort of willing to be okay with that and willing to kind of change on a dime and that can be challenging but it's also what makes you know the work fun in a way that no day is the same so i I guess you're well suited to that i will say (laughs) that it does it it does suit my personality (laughs) To a certain extent, you know, I understand how things work and in the organization and it's very often very unavoidable. So in addition to being able to really roll with the punches and adapt Mm -hmm. easily to change, what advice would you give to people looking to get a job like yours? One of the pieces of advice I'll give uh, other people have given, which is talk to people. People like to talk about what they do. If you have interest you always will learn something having a conversation with somebody about 
where they work and what they do. And you never know what connection will get sparked. So I definitely think that's important. I think, you know, maybe learn something about museums and art to a certain extent. I mean, sort of grow that knowledge if you can do that or visit museums or, you know, that kind of thing. And then the other thing is think about what your strengths are. Think about how you like to work and what what matters to you. What does work mean to you? What what are the things about work that are important to you? And kind of get sort of get clear about that. And I think if you are somebody for whom the mission of the organization matters, then museums may very well be a good place for you because you know that's why we're here and that's very important in, in our daily work. Can you complete the sentence? You would like my line of work if if you like people if you like working with people, and I guess if you like art. Yeah. Can I ask, did you always love the arts? Like growing up, did you know that you wanted your life to involve the arts? I did know that. And it's really surprising because sometimes day to day, you know, I'm not laser focused on art all day. But I guess really recently I thought to myself, oh, you know what? I do have a life in the arts. I sing. I work at a museum. I have these other projects going on. So yeah, I, to answer your question, yeah, I've always, I mean, every, all art forms have appealed to me and speak to me. So, um, and I've learned so much, really, being, being at the museum, I've learned so much. Thanks, Michael. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Not that we don't know this already, but if you could tell us your name and your role and where you work at the museums. My name is Tara Metal, and I am the digital content manager for the Harvard Art Museums in the communications department. And before I ask you, because I really want to know more, ask you about what a digital content manager does, I, I do want to go back and, and ask you something you asked me, because I don't know, where are you from, Tara? Where I'm from Miami. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I came up here for college and I stayed. You yourself also have a background and a love for and an interest in the arts. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this as we started our, our conversation. I can't remember when I became sort of obsessed with art, but I remember being very little and getting art books out of the library. And I remember my parents taking me to museums in New York, specifically the Met in elementary school, and then eventually being old enough to go there by myself, which was very exciting because I got to wander, you know, freely, probably starting in, in middle school. Interesting to hear that because I remember one of the individuals that I interviewed during this series said something very differently that they had never been to a museum until the senior year of high school based upon where they were from. It wasn't a place where it was available. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's I think, you know, there aren't, or well, it's funny because now Miami is so associated with yes. with art but when I was growing up it absolutely wasn't and my friends and I used to joke and call it a cultural wasteland <laughs> <laughs> I might have to cut that out but um yes. yeah I have parents who really like to travel and <laughs> that affected me very much and I got to go to Europe when I was in middle school and I wasn't in love with museums before definitely fell in love with museums then but yeah I guess for for growing up in Miami a place where I guess we had a children's science museum um <laughs> that was maybe <laughs> about it at the time I visited museums pretty often. And so how long have you been with us here at the museums? Almost five years. I'm coming up on five years. 
And what was your path to get here, your path to working in the arts? It was sort of winding, which is maybe why I'm so interested in other people's paths to the museums. But I, I studied art. I double majored in European cultural studies and art history in college, which was a great way to not be qualified to get a job upon graduation. (laughs) (laughs) And I graduated in 2010, which was a really, really rough year to be job searching. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The recession was in full swing. I, yeah, I really didn't know what to do. I wanted to work for a cultural organization of some kind. I was afraid to go straight to grad school. It felt very scary, very intimidating to me at the time. And I ended up getting a job at Harvard Bookstore, which is a, (laughs) yeah, which of course you, which you're familiar with, uh, but it's a, a wonderful independent bookstore in Harvard Square, which has an incredible events program. So um, I was a bookseller there for, I guess, just under a year, which I loved. And then I got a job in the marketing department and I did things like make their newsletters, but I also got to um, run their author events. Uh, well, well, run you know, some of their author events uh, with the marketing, the rest of the marketing team. Yeah, I introduced a lot of famous authors and authors I loved and I mean, and worked with incredible people. And in the process, I got some marketing experience. And then um, I was there for a few years. I decided I wanted to, you know, try to transition to working with art. And I did that and I hated it (laughs) (laughs) and had to make a quick exit. Um, It was just not the job for me. And so I, I got a job working for an organization that my friend worked at which was called the Jewish Women's Archive. It was sort of an unexpected turn. I thought I would be there for a few months until I got another job in the arts. And instead I was there for a few years. I loved it. I created digital content for them. I did a ton of writing. I made online exhibitions and it ended up being this totally wonderful and unexpected bridge to museum work because I got all of this practical experience that fed directly into the work I do now. And see how that's the case. I can see that. You know, I was there for a few years. The economy was doing better. (laughs) I thought, okay, um, I'm ready for something new. And this job at the Harvard Art Museums opened. I applied and here I am. Lucky for us, you were hired into it. (laughs) Um, Because speaking earlier about creativity, and the creativity that people bring. I feel like you bring a lot of creativity to the work that you do. And as you were describing that role that you had it prior to coming to us, and you were speaking about the, the kinds of things that you were doing, you know, I can see how it would be a nice bridge to where you are now. And uh, to go back to your title of digital content manager. Can you tell us, and for those those people who don't know, what exactly does that entail? That's a great question because I think that job title can mean anything and means so many different things at different organizations. But for me at the Harvard Art Museum, it means that I run all of our social media platforms. Um, So I 
you know, develop content for them, work with many of our colleagues and many different departments on that. And I create content for our website, including this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I work closely with colleagues on communications and marketing initiatives, which you know, really touch everything. So my job is exciting because it changes all the time. Um, It changes based on which exhibitions we're having, which audiences we're trying to reach, what our goals are any given, you know, month or quarter or year. Think a little bit more about the goals and the uh, what you what you hope to do and achieve through those channels and 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 in the work that you do. You know, I think Harvard can be a scary place for people who aren't affiliated with the institution. When I first started working at the Harvard Art Museums, I would get comments on our, you know, on our Twitter and on our Instagram from people saying, oh, am I allowed to go to the Harvard Art Museums if I don't go to Harvard? And then I, you know, of course, very quickly began to realize how prevalent that idea was, you know, that Harvard's museums were just for Harvard students. And in fact, they're open to everyone all the time. But, you know, there's, we have multiple barriers to entry and that that's, you know, that's the biggest, that perception that we're not a public museum. And a lot of our work can, I think, seem scholarly until you're actually in our galleries. So yeah, so there's also that. So I think those goals, kind of overcoming those obstacles are always there for me. On social media in particular, it's really important to me that our our work and our collections feel accessible and understandable to everyone. And I don't want you to have to have a degree in art history to be able to understand our content, particularly on social media. I mean, I think you touch on a lot of <clears throat> really important things around, first of all, being a bridge uh, and, and, and what, what the purposes of your work and marketing does. I mean, you're, you're sort of translating. Can you, can you speak a little bit about sort of the collaborative aspect of, of the work that you do? Definitely. That's a really good question. I think that all you know, social media managers, digital content managers at all museums probably experience this, but I do a lot of outreach to our curatorial and conservation divisions, but I also work a lot with our, you know, collections management team. I spend time in the galleries a lot of time, well, pre-pandemic, I spent a lot of time in the galleries just taking photos of our team installing artwork, which is fascinating to watch and no surprise, fascinating to our audiences. But yeah, there's there's that part of it. There's the written part of it, um, just going back and forth text with curators, for instance, because like you said, I want to be a translator, mm-hmm. but I also have to make sure that information is correct and that, you know, we're striking the right tone, that I'm talking about things in you know, a respectful way. Um, We try to be fun, but we can't always be fun. Right. We have sort of a big staff, but we are a small museum and we all do have to, I think, wear many hats and work really closely together. Like we, I don't think anyone really can just exist in their, in their own department here. 
it, it would be a very rare thing to find somebody who, who functioned that way in our organization. That makes me think then uh, to ask you a little bit more, if somebody's interested in working in as a digital content manager or in marketing in the arts or for museums, what are some of the qualities, traits, uh, what, what kind of person would do well in that kind of role and what kind of uh, qualities might they have? You definitely have to be a strong writer. Mm-hmm. Writing is incredibly important to my job. I think that in thinking about social media management, people don't, you know, jump to writing as, as the most important thing, but I, I would argue that it is. And um, of course, like having a very strong visual sense, I think I'm, I'm pretty opinionated about what works well and what looks good. And you, you have to be um, in my job. My job changes, you know, with every new exhibition, every new installation. One of the really wonderful things about my job is that I'm always learning all the time, background in art history. And I also am constantly learning about artists and periods that I'm not particularly familiar with. Um, so I happen to love that, but I, I do a lot of reading. I, I do a ton of research. Um, so seeing yourself, you know, as, as a bit of a researcher probably also helps. I think that's very well answered because I think you, you, you've kind of done the 360 around the many different aspects that go into what you do, which I would think would be enormously appealing and, and also a lot of so much variety. <laughs> Um, and then also, if you love to learn, which I think is is wonderful. People ask me all the time, like, oh, how on earth did you get your position? Did you have, you know, like a viral Instagram, like art Instagram account for you <laughs> for this? And I absolutely didn't. But, you know, I, I like social media. I see, I think it's a wonderful tool for museums. You have to at least like social media to do my job. Of course, I don't, I don't think like an obsessive love of it is necessary because so much else goes into it. But, but yeah, I think especially when I first started doing this, it was very much like, oh, like, are you famous on Twitter? <laughs> I, absolutely, I didn't have a Twitter account, so. That's a really good distinction. I think, it, and I think it's a common misnomer. Um, and I think that's a really great distinction. So thanks for making that point. And it also makes me think and want to just go back to touch, touch upon something that you asked me is, does your training, education, the path that you had through the arts and through college, how does that play into and does it play into your current work and how you do your job? It definitely does. I did an enormous amount of writing and research in college, and I use that now. In particular, I had a professor who was, you know, really my mentor and encouraged me not to try to be a scholarly writer, but to just write in my voice in a way that, you know, I I thought, of course, that it wasn't good enough at the time. And now I, I understand much more clearly why he encouraged me to keep writing, you know, <laughs> the way I was writing. And so, yeah, that, ha- that has helped me a lot. And also, I, I'm currently working on a master's in the Harvard Extension School Museum Studies program. And that has ended up also kind of changing my thinking about museum work. And it contributes all the time to um, how I think about my job and museums and the direction in which museums should be heading and that we as an institution um, should be going. So, so yes, very strong yes <laughs> to that question. 
you say a bit more about the program? Because I, I only bring it up because I know a number of our staff either have gone through the program or are going through the program. Sometimes people think about, oh, you're in a museum studies program and it's to be a curator or it's to be a, but how does it, how does that program get you to think about the role of museums in the world and all of that kind of thing and how, and, and how is it important or how could it be important uh, in your current role? A lot of the classes that I've taken in museum studies program have been, I think, very focused on issues of social justice within museums and on new museology. And it's given me a, a much better understanding of kind of the history of museums and where we're coming from, you know, like foundational texts that I never would have read uh, if not for these classes. I think before taking these classes, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the future of museums. You know, maybe I was like reading about issues and things like repatriation, but I wasn't thinking deeply about, you know, where where we're going. We have, and what about our collection and your some of your favorite uh, works uh, works of art in the collection? <laughs> I have always really loved the pre-Raphaelites, like going back to middle school probably, and seeing some of uh, Rossetti's drawings in real life uh, was, was very exciting to me the first time. And I think when I walk into the pre-Raphaelite gallery, I still just feel really lucky to work where I work. We it's really, we were, we're fortunate. We're very fortunate to, to work in that environment every day. And, look forward to getting back to it soon, you know, physically. Uh, I want to ask you the similar question that you asked to me, what, what is to finish this sentence, you would like my job if? You would like my job if you love visiting museums and you want to communicate that feeling to other people. And you would love my job if you like collaboration and working with people, but also don't mind being in a research hole for a couple of days at a time. I think that's a very a good all-encompassing description. As my final question to you, I will ask you what advice, thoughts, final thoughts you might have for somebody who is, is interested in working at, in museums and also specifically doing your kind of work? I would say don't give up. Jobs in my area are hard to find. And I know that there's frustration there. Um, and sometimes it can feel impossible, but you know, anything you do really that's even remotely related, you're acquiring important experience, even if it doesn't feel, you know, totally applicable at the time. And like everybody else, I would just say, you know, send an email, make a phone call, make contact in some way. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Michael, the museum world is pretty small. Yeah. So every contact matters and anyone, certainly anyone working at the Harvard Art Museums is happy to give advice, to meet for coffee, to talk about their jobs and their paths. I think this has been great, Tara, great idea. And uh, thank you for including me. Thank you for all of your help. I really don't think I could have done this without you. And you brought so much to the season. And I mean, we're going to keep going with it. I think we're going to take a bit of a break, but then, sure. you know, we'll keep going. And I hope that you'll continue to be involved. 
I would love to be. So thank you. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Thank Always a pleasure. Hope to see you in person soon. Uh, me too. <laughs> That's it for our first season of A Closer Look. Thank you for listening, following, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the Harvard Art Museums on social media. Visit our web calendar for events and updates and sign up for our newsletter. We'll see you next season.